Alien Life. We've been doing a study out of 1 Peter called Alien Life, and a lot of it so far has really concentrated on the difference that we should be, how we should live in this world. It talks, we've been talking a lot, and Peter's been talking a lot about our conduct. And from our study so far, what we've realized is this. We're to look, we are to look and act a, way, a whole lot different than this world. But Peter's going to make a shift today. He's going to make a shift, and, and what he's going to make a shift to is what makes aliens happy. Now, when you start talking about what makes people happy, there are all sorts of kind of things, and it really depends on who you talk to. So I, I did a little research this week, and I, I found this, and I, here's what scientists say that uh, will help you to be a happier person. I know some of you are gravitating to more sleep. I think that's right. Uh, I like the one that talks about seven minutes of exercise. Now, a couple things on that. I think they're meaning daily and not from 1980. I was thinking something like this. I was like, so what if you exercise six minutes and 50 seconds? Then I'm sorry, there's none. Or if you go seven minutes and five seconds, I'm sorry. Now, the one that really I'm really glad, I'm really excited about, is I'm glad they talked about moving closer to work. I'm so glad they're addressing the horrible commute that we have in Lubbock, Texas. You know, and while these suggestions are good, and i got to let you know, is they will provide some sort of happiness for you. The real question is this, what makes Christian aliens happy? What makes us as aliens in this world happy? And you know what the answer is? Suffering. Specifically, suffering for being a Christian. And Peter's recipients are responding the same way that you're responding at this moment in time, and you're going, and that's crazy. And what he's going to do in the passage today is he's going to make a case for the, for the point is this. As a Christian alien in this world, we do and we are happy when we suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know, I know it sounds crazy, but have you noticed the tagline for this series? Encountering obvious differences between us and the world. Which means this, we are to view everything different than the world, especially when it comes to suffering. The world rushes away from suffering. The world does everything it can not to suffer. But for the alien Christian, here's the thing we understand, is that we understand and we also embrace suffering for Jesus Christ. In your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 12 through 19. If you'll open up there, turn on your phone, get wherever you need to get, but let's read this together. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial, and in some versions we'll read fiery ordeal or fiery, fiery trials you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of the glory and of God rests on you. 
if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or a criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do what is good. And so today, Peter... We want to listen to Peter, but more importantly, to the Spirit, as it talks to us and helps us to understand why, as alien Christians, we could be happy when we suffer. But I want to let you know something. Peter says there is a type of suffering you're to be happy with, and there's a type of suffering you're to be happy with, and there's a type of suffering you're ha- you should not be happy with. There's all kinds of suffering, and we find that uh, there's all types of suffering And there is a type of suffering which we are not to find joy in. And that type of suffering is this. We are not to find joy or happiness in suffering that comes from our sinful behavior. And this is not the first time Peter has addressed this issue. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20, he generally talks about this. If you should suffer... You know, he says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, he says, There's no credit in suffering from doing wrong. But what Peter's going to do here is, is he's going to be very, very specific about the sins. Now, there's really not a consensus of, of why he mentions these particular sins. Some think he's just talking about some stock of sins that he's referring to, I have the tendency to think that this is something that they may be struggling with within the congregation. And so he goes and he starts listing these sins. And the first one is, don't, don't suffer as a murderer. And the murderer is someone who takes somebody's life, who commits homicide. The thief, this is where we get the word kleptomaniac. It means to deceive and cheat or to steal by fraud. The criminal is the one who is an evildoer, and particularly one who harms community. And then he mentions meddler. And I think this is one that I wanted to spend just a little bit of time on because I really think that it's one that we struggle with. Social media has not helped us in this area with this one. The root word of meddler is where we get the word overseer. In the positive sense, it is used as an overseer or elder of the church. But there's nothing positive about this term here. This one is this. It is so negative, and it says this. It's literally, it is a curious inspector of other people's affairs. Or how about this? A person who meddles in the matters that do not concern him you sort of see where we might have a little bit of problem with that. But it doesn't matter if the list is general or if the list is very specific. Peter is making this declarative statement, and here's what he's saying. If you're going to suffer, don't suffer because of your sinful behavior. And then what he does, he turns this right around, and he goes something like this. If you are going to suffer, that we can find happiness in the suffering that comes 
from being a Christian. And just as specific as he was about the sinful behavior we should not do, he's going to be just as specific about why we could find happiness even in the midst of suffering. And here's what he says. But before we hit there, I want you to remember for just a second. The people are going through a fiery trial, painful trials. And here's why they're suffering. They are suffering for simply being a Christian. For living a Christian life. So Peter says this, we could keep on rejoicing because we participate in Christ's suffering. Look at verse 13 there. Instead of viewing suffering as this unwelcome visitor, we actually, as alien Christians, have the ability to be happy. We have the ability to have a sense of well-being. And if you notice the verse there about rejoice and rejoicing, it's this continual action. We keep on being in this state of rejoicing, this calm happiness, because we participate in the sufferings of Christ. Not only do we rejoice because we participate, but we are blessed. We are blessed when we are insulted for the name of Jesus. Look at verse 14, we'll tell you that. Peter says, you're well off and you're happy because you were rejected by the society because of the name of Jesus Christ. And finally he says, listen, you could praise God. You could praise God and the reason you could praise God is because, is because you bear the name of Christian. Peter says we're to celebrate. We're to celebrate because we, we're, we, and we bear the name of Jesus Christ. You see, there's no happiness and there's no joy and there's, so not, there's no uh, suffering for suffering's sake. But Peter is telling us that we could find true happiness, true joy, calm happiness when we do this, when we suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Peter not only gives us the type of suffering we can find happiness in, He's also going to talk about why we can be happy. Why can we be happy when we're suffering for Christ? And, and he's going to let us know that, there, that we can achieve that. We can have that. And the first reason is, is because we have fellowship. We are fellowshipping with Jesus. We are fellowshipping with Jesus. As Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, I'm excited anytime we get to do anything with Jesus right? Anytime we get to do anything with Jesus, that's a good day. But the writer here, Peter's going to say this. Here's what I want you to know, is that when you suffer, you enter in this special communal relationship with Jesus Christ. This beautiful communal relationship with Jesus because you're suffering for being a Christian. And, and this, this really cool here in this verse, it says, you're presently rejoicing. There is a present rejoicing because we are suffering with Jesus. But there is this double rejoicing going on here. Watch this. We are presently suffering 
because of Jesus. There's a present joy to that. But he goes, Peter will go and he'll say this, we will be overjoyed when glory is revealed. We'll be, we'll be really rejoicing when Jesus comes back again. It's this double rejoicing. Next, why we could suffer is because of the spirit of glory and of God that rests on us. I want to let you know this phrase is rich. It's powerful. It's deep. This phrase here, the spirit of glory and God rests on us, has this significant, special significance and rich historical imagery. When we're insulted... And when we're rejected because of our faith, because of being a Christian, Peter is going to go all the way back to the Old Testament. And he's going to describe this event that happened on at least two occasions. And in, in the imagery he's drawing upon is the presence of the Lord, specifically in the tabernacle and the temple. In Exodus chapter 40 and verse 34, it says that a cloud covered the tent, the tabernacle. And the, pre- the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 and 11, here's what happens. As the priests came out of the Holy of Holies, the glory of the Lord descended upon the temple and it filled it. In both of these cases, there is this special manifestation by God that told the people that God is present at that moment in time. When the glory of the Lord came down on the tabernacle and the temple, if you were to ask somebody back then, where is God? They would go, he's right there. He is right there. Do you see him? And Peter is going to do the same thing. Here's what happens. When we suffer... There are moments in this suffering where we go, God, where in the world are you? God, I do not feel your presence whatsoever. And we can't see this with our physical eyes, but I want to let you know With the eyes of faith, here's what we need to understand. In the midst of our suffering, the spirit of glory and of God rest on us. I wonder what, if for just a moment, we with eyes of faith could see the glory of God here today. Have you ever thought about that? So in the midst of suffering, in the midst of questioning, in the midst of wondering where God is, you need to understand, in the midst of that suffering, in the midst of suffering for being a Christian, you need to understand the glory of the Spirit and of God rests on you. We could be happy because we bear the name Christian. We bear the name Christian. Do you know that in the Bible there's really only three occasions where the word Christian is used? In Acts chapter 11 and verse 26, it says the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And then if you go to Acts chapter 26 and verse 28, 
uh, Paul is talking to Agrippa, and he, and oh, Paul, he's trying to convert that old Agrippa, all right? And Agrippa goes, Paul, wait a minute. Do you think in such a short time that you are going to, to make me a Christian? And then also now here in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 16. In 4.16 it says, However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. And I think this is intentional by Peter. I think it's very intentional by Peter. More than likely, Peter is using the word Christian because to the unbeliever, it was a term of derision. Tacitus, a Roman historian politician, says this, those who were vulgarly known as Christian. Vulgarly known as Christian. While the world looks down on the name Christian, when we suffer for his name, we happily bear the name Christian. I am a Christian. Let's say it together. I am a Christian. Not only do we bear his name, why we could be happy because it's God's will. Look at verse 19. Finally, we could be happy in suffering for Christ's name because we carry out the will of God. You know, when we're talking about the will of God, there's all sorts of things that go with it. But here specifically, it says this. God has a purpose and he has a plan. He has a design for the suffering that you're going through. And we like doing God's will when it's easy for us to understand. And we like doing God's will when it's convenient for us. But God says here, Peter says to us, that God's will is that we suffer for being a Christian. It is his will. It's not that God is not sympathized or does not care about the suffering we're going through. But here's why God could include this in his will. Here's why he could include this in his will. God, how in the world could you include suffering in your will? He can use it in his will because suffering brings glory to his name and it refines our faith. And that's why we can suffer and it be within the realm of the will of God. It's for these reasons. It's for these reasons that as alien Christians, we could experience happiness even in painful suffering. The question is this, so how do I do that? I mean, that sounds real good, Bill. I mean, that's real good. But how in the world am I supposed to be happy in the midst of suffering? And Peter's going to answer for that today. You know, I've talked a lot about happiness and suffering, and I don't want you to misunderstand me. Please don't misunderstand this fact. I don't think we walk around not feeling the weight of suffering. It's not that we walk around without the weight of suffering. Remember how Paul, I mean, Peter started this? He started this by saying that these people were going through fiery trials. And there's this definite imagery here. What he's saying is this. I want to let you know something. Just as metal, you heat metal up. And what happens is this. You clear off the dross and you clear off all the contaminants. That's what's happening to you when you suffer. And what's happening at that moment in time, God is using this suffering to actually burn off our self-trust and our sin or anything else that's weighing down our faith. That's how he's using this suffering. The happy alien is a Christian 
who feels the pain and the weight of the suffering of this life, but has a settled joy that suffering endured has some purpose in their lives. So what am I going to do with these fiery trials? Peter, what am I supposed to do with these fiery trials? How could I endure this? Peter will say, do you have anything to give me? And Peter will go, yes, I do. And he starts off by saying this, continually commit yourself to the faithful creator. Continually commit yourself to the faithful creator. This term here is so interesting. It means to give something of value over to somebody else for safekeeping. It literally is a banking term. It's a banking term that says this, give in charge as the deposit. And the action of this is that I just don't do this one time. The action of this is that over and over and over again, I commit to God, the faithful creator, and it looks something like this over and over and over again. It looks something like this. It's these declarative statements that say this. God, I don't understand this. And this is really, really painful. But I trust you. It's what we sang about, right, Josh? It's what we sang about. It's these declarative statements that says this. God... I have no idea why this is happening. I mean, I do. I understand I need to suffer as a Christian. I don't understand it all, but here's what I know is this. You're going to see me through this, and you're going to make this right somehow and some way. Somehow and some way, I trust you. And that is what it means to continually commit. But it's interesting how he describes God. He describes God as the faithful creator. And I thought... That's strange, isn't it? That's really strange. And I thought, well, I'm not trying to tell you your business, God, but I, or Peter or Spirit, but I, I would have used faithful judge. Right? Faithful judge, I thought, would have been a better term here because aren't these people suffering because somebody else is causing them pain because they are a Christian? I thought faithful judge would be the appropriate term here, but Peter in the Spirit says faithful creator. And I'm going, why faithful creator? And I think it's because of this. God, now listen to this, God can take the chaos of suffering and create something new and beautiful. Did you see that? God can take the chaos that suffering produces and he could create something new and beautiful with it. And then it hit me. Go to Acts chapter 4 and verse 24. Go to Acts 4.24 for just a moment. In Acts 4.24, here's what's going on. It is the first outbreak of persecution for people who are claiming Christ as their Savior. It's the first time Christians are persecuted because they're Christians. And, and they gather in the home and they start praying. But did you notice the prayer? The prayer is a creator prayer. It goes something like this. Sovereign Lord, 
They said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. You see, it's the faithful creator who could create something new out of the chaos of suffering. And that's why Peter will tell us, here's what I want you to do. Continually commit to the faithful creator. I'm hurting. I'm suffering. Continually commit to the faithful creator. And then he says this, continue to do good. This theme of continue to do good is this repetitive theme, especially when it comes to suffering. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13, and you go to verse 17, he says, continue to do good in the midst of suffering. And I think this is important because suffering has this strange effect on us. Here's what suffering does to us. It draws us in. It draws us in. It shuts us down. And as if Peter and the Spirit knew this, they said this, we want you to continue to do good even in the midst of suffering as a Christian. Continue to do good. Today, are you suffering because you're a Christian? Are you suffering because you're a Christian? Peter, the Spirit, would say this. Continually commit yourself to the faithful Creator and continue to do good. You know what? (laughs) We're a strange lot, aren't we? Say amen to that. (laughs) We're a strange lot. You know why we're strange? Is because we're alien Christians. And there's a difference. And there's a difference between us and the world in all areas of life. There's a difference because we experience a new birth when we're baptized into Jesus Christ. And we bear his name. And we're different by the way we look at suffering. So the the invitation is this. If you've not bore the name of Jesus Christ, you need to do that today by being baptized into Jesus Christ and wear that name proudly and happily. And not only this, is if you're suffering today and you're struggling, you're struggling to see even God working through your pain, let us pray for you today as we stand and as we sing.